Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast, proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. The podcast series has been created to shine a light on the diverse and inspiring careers of Australia's pharmacists. Each episode will focus on the varied career opportunities within the pharmacy industry by exploring the career paths taken by leaders in the fields of community pharmacy, hospital, industry, government and professional organisations. Careers never follow a defined path. Everyone's story is different and unique in their own way. The podcast series will help you discover the world of opportunities that exist and reveal pathways to achieve your dreams and aspirations. Whether you are a pharmacy student, early career pharmacist, or simply looking for a change at any stage of your career, the podcast series is designed to help you navigate ways into a career and a life that you love. Your host of the podcast series is Ali Sue. Ali, herself a pharmacist, is now the founder of Global Pharmacy Entrepreneurs and a passionate advocate for pharmacists to grow, innovate, excel, and make a lasting impact in the world. It's now over to our host, Ali Sue. Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast. This is Ali Su. In the spirit of reconciliation, Raven's Your Pharmacy Career Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Today's guest is Dr. Ramesh Walpula. He is a pharmacist, certified health manager, and the pharmacy academic lead and program authority at the University of New South Wales School of Health Sciences. Dr. Ramesh's primary research interests and expertise lie in patient and medication safety, with a focus on the social aspects that influence secure practices. In 2016, he completed his PhD at the University of Sydney, where he concentrated on creating educational interventions to foster generational change in patient safety practices within the pharmacy setting. This innovative work earned him the FIP Young Pharmacist Award for Professional Innovation in 2012. After his PhD, Dr. Ramesh took on various clinical research roles including a multi-centre deprescribing randomised controlled trial, the development of interprofessional student-led clinics, and a review of the junior undergraduate pharmacy practice curriculum at the University of Sydney. His current research covers several areas, such as patient and medication safety, safety culture, health professional education, and patient experience with an emphasis on vulnerable populations. Dr. Ramesh is currently spearheading the implementation of the new pharmacy program, which is a part of a collection of new and revamped health professional programs. In this conversation, Dr. Ramesh shares his personal journey as a pharmacist and offers insights into the future of the pharmacy profession. Without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Ramesh. Welcome, Dr. Ramesh, to join our show. Can't wait to dive into your pharmacy career to help our pharmacy students, early career pharmacists, to create a successful pharmacy career. Uh, hi, everybody, and thanks for having me. It's uh, it's a great pleasure to be here. First of all, congratulations on receiving the Education Innovation Award by the University of New South Wales. 
thank you so much. Yeah, it was uh, uh, something I didn't really expect, but it was uh, a really nice achievement um, after a few years of work. We know the award is recognizing staff but leading the innovation, designing and developing new courses and learning education activities. What have you been working on in the past few years and what's this new innovation that you're bringing to our pharmacy industry? Thanks, Sally. The award was a was given to myself and a number of my colleagues, uh, recognising the achievements that we have made in the development of four brand new health professional programs, which we're launching at the University of New South Wales. As you can probably tell, there is a huge need for not just medical professionals, but also the whole range of um, allied health and um, other primary care professionals like pharmacists. And so what the university realised was that to meet this need, um, we obviously need to have more students entering the workforce. That's something that's also come from industry. Um, I, I can honestly tell you, since I started undertaking this particular project, I've had industry leaders come to me say, can I take on more students? Can I take on more students? And we hadn't even launched the program. Um, so the whole, uh, the award itself was for the innovations that we had developed as part of developing these new programs. In particular, we've developed a new curriculum which is highly interprofessional. So the, the curriculum itself has not just interprofessional learning as a, a tokenistic component as part of maybe communication training or as part of a series of case studies. We actually have eight subjects in which our students will be studying with students from other health disciplines. And that includes the whole array of health professions that are taught at UNSW. So um, developing this curriculum from scratch was not a small undertaking, as I'm sure you can imagine. And we had a very small but interprofessional team working together to actually I guess, bring together all our strengths and understand how best we can not only uh, develop this curriculum, but how can we implement it so that our students um, really see the benefit of working interprofessionally as they progress into their career, which is really part of that modern ethos of healthcare. And so we're hoping to really instill that modern ethos of healthcare into our students from day one. Literally workshop one is the interprofessional workshops teaching our students you know, the basics of academic skills. As we move through the rest of the program, our students are actually going to get training around case studies, uh, working interprofessionally as well, and doing debates and doing lots of fun activities with our students from a whole range of disciplines. You know, we're even bringing on board the medical program as well. So it's it's been a huge undertaking um, for our very small team. And now that we're launching, we're also going to be growing the team, obviously, to uh, deliver these new programs that we've developed. What does that look like, the future for our pharmacists? We are in a fantastic time right now. We're starting to see a lot of change that has been talked about probably for the last 10 to 20 years um, actually coming to fruition. So for a young pharmacist, I think this is the best possible time to come into the world uh, of pharmacy because you not only have all this great knowledge that you've got from university or uh, continuing professional development, but you can actually start um, using that to your full scope of practice and 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 really show the true benefit of that training that you've received as a pharmacist. Um, I think, you know, with prescribing, for example, I think we do need 
to be upskilled in a number of new areas. And I think that's a really um, exciting time. Like for example, um, for my students now, I've insisted that all my students take training in anatomy, which is not necessarily taught to that level in many pharmacy programs. I know definitely when I studied, I did very basic anatomy, um, but we didn't necessarily have that same depth of anatomy that we're going to be giving our students in this particular course. So it's, I think it's really important that students realize that as we take on these brand new scopes of practice, we also do need to upskill our knowledge. And, and it, it may even be going back to basics in some instances, like understanding, you know, functional anatomy before we can actually do examinations skills and, and teach our, you know, not just pharmacy students, but also graduates who are working, who are going to upskill to do prescribing, um, to be able to do examination, you need to have that core understanding before you can, you know, you need to be able to walk before you can run. Um, so that, that's, I think, a really uh, important thing that we are doing here, at least, is, is we've been able to incorporate a lot of that sort of foundational knowledge into a brand new program, you know, having a new program from scratch, um, but not just selling the program. I think it's a really exciting time because we are going to be able to have graduates who want to take on new roles, who, who want to gain more knowledge and are really eager to learn, um, they're definitely going to be the ones that are going to be doing all these new courses and programs to upskill themselves um, to take on these uh, new roles. You know, we've, they're talking about pharmacists in aged care facilities as well, which is, I think, um, really so needed. One of my past jobs was actually um, being involved uh, with aged care facilities um, being based in a hospital, but working with aged care facilities on a particular project. And honestly, after that particular experience, I just saw the benefit of having, being a pharmacist going into aged care facilities, um, being in-house, even though I was only there for a couple of hours a week, just being there for that couple of hours had a huge impact on um, medicine use and um, the benefits to the patients was actually uh, something that you could visibly see. You could see them having better interactions, you know, reducing the prescribing of psychotropic agents. Um, I, I still remember one particular patient um, or the family of this particular patient, um, I should say, who, who basically said they'd lost their mother for the last two years and now they were able to actually have their mother back. Um, and that was such a powerful thing to sort of, hear and, and see and feel, um, you know, taking people off their medicines, which were unnecessary. They were having better health outcomes. They were having better relationships with their families. Um, you know, it, it was it was a fantastic outcome for the, uh, the family. It was a fantastic outcome for the patient and their quality of life. And you know, I think it's a it's it's a win for us as as a profession as well because we've we've made a huge impact on 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 people's lives and and reducing also costs to the health system by you know reducing unnecessary medicine use. Um, so you know, whilst it might be a very fractional you know a, a minuscule amount of savings to the uh, to the PBS, it's it's still some sort of saving as well. So you know, we we definitely have benefits that we can bring across the spectrum. And I think, you know, now is a really great time to be in the profession where you can actually champion these new initiatives that are starting to be implemented. You mentioned the industry. So I'm just curious for our early career pharmacists or pharmacy students who don't know much about industry, what does that look like? What skill sets do we need to gain? I've noticed you were a senior lecturer in health management. What does that mean in the management of health as a pharmacist? 
my role at the University of New South Wales has evolved. So I previously taught at another pharmacy school in Queensland and um, had a great, a, a great time teaching up there. Um, but I was uh, not necessarily, um, I, I think from my personal perspective, my family was in Sydney um, and I, had, I, I didn't necessarily have um, the support mechanisms in my life that I wanted to have around me. So um, I, I made the move back to, to New South Wales. And when I was an, an academic and, and what I did my PhD in, interestingly enough, was in the whole area of patient safety and medicine safety. So that's what actually got me into the sort of health management spheres was coming to health management from that safety sphere. So as part of health management is, is somewhat of a, a broader discipline. It encompasses a number of different um, aspects around leadership, around clinical governance, which was a course I used to teach, around policy was also another course I used to teach. Um, so it was bringing together all these different aspects of things that I was doing as part of my professional roles. And I sort of moved into teaching not just pharmacy students, um, but students from all health disciplines and and even beyond. So I had students from a finance background and and um, also patient advocates actually coming and doing um, that degree program. So it was a, I, I found the health man being part of that health management program was a really um, fantastic thing for me. It was actually very professionally rewarding for me as well because uh, I was obviously translating my professional experience to um, a whole range of other students albeit I still feel I'm very much a pharmacist at heart. So I'm sure that there's a lot of pharmacists who are listening to this and, you know, contemplating where they're going to take their career next. I actually really loved doing that, the, the health management training. So I also um, have the an associate fellowship with the College of Health Service Management um, and also that through their certification program, I'm a certified health manager. So that's, you know, something that I found uh, really beneficial to also be part of this other organization, which um, also allowed me to have, I guess, further professional growth as well, not just sticking within pharmacy, but I found, you know, um, it's it's not so much of a, it's not really moving out, but it's adding to that skill set that I already had. So I guess I was using my research knowledge and, and research expertise um, to, to teach health management at, uh, at UNSW. That is, I guess, one particular side of, of the health industry, so to speak. So it's very much around health services, looking at how can we optimise care in health services, improving quality of uh, service delivery in in hospitals, but not just hospitals, in, in primary care settings, in other community care settings, um, such as, you know, community outreach clinics, for example. So I've, I really enjoyed being part of the School of um, Population Health and, and delivering courses in um, health leadership and management. But um, in terms of, I guess, we need to think about, you know, health, it's it's somewhat of a spectrum. You know, you've got the the service delivery side of things, which is one part of the health industry. Um, I think when people hear the word industry, they think of pharma and, uh, and the pharmaceutical industry, which is a, a completely different, um, I guess, sector so to speak but we all integrate and all work together um, in terms of skill sets um, going back to your specific question I think um, I think having a really broad set of skills is really important you know what what one of the things that I've learned particularly as an academic is even the knowledge that I had when I was um, a student and even as a practitioner even though you know, I've been out of practice for you know I think probably about three or four years now uh, or, or working you know in a clinical role on a daily basis. Um, 
I, I really see that having a broad set of skills is really important. You know, all those what students used to and, and academics for a while used to think of as soft skills um, are actually so important and do really translate across industries. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I think, you know, as we've developed our programs, we've really realized that students need so much more than just the clinical knowledge and and the, and the skills to do the specific tasks that you require for a particular profession. You need to have really solid communication skills. You need to have an understanding of of business um, and, and the business of healthcare, regardless of whether you're um, a, a clinician working in the front line or uh, whether you're a manager or whether you're working in the pharmaceutical industry. Having some business acumen is, is really important. And that's something that you're going to see a lot more courses around the country um, increasing um, their content in is, is is some sort of business skills and and understanding the business of healthcare. You know, around the world, we're looking at this concept called value-based healthcare, um, which is really, it, it's something that has come out from America, but um, it's really about getting the best bang for buck um, in terms of what we're investing our money in at the end of the day. And we've got finite amount of resources at the end of the day. Um, and even if you're working in a community pharmacy, we have, you know, a very finite amount of resources that, you know, some uh, that you can put into the business itself. So we all want optimal patient care. Um, so understanding those, I guess, business principles is going to be really important as um, healthcare evolves. Um, health budgets with the government are very are fairly finite as, as, as everybody knows. So um, it's, it's, it's how do we best optimize the care that we can give um, with the resources that we have, which is, I think, a really important thing that we need to start thinking about as well. So it's it's not just developing all those clinical skills. It's, it's also important to understand um, business skills, entrepreneurship, um, being able to be an advocate, understanding some of those public health skills. So um, understanding policy at different levels, even if you're the one that's implementing a policy, you should have an understanding of how it all integrates and nowadays we're having a lot more um, regulation on practices uh, we have a whole series of new standards being uh, released by the australian commission for quality and safety in healthcare so we as a profession um, need to actually start incorporating all those standards because that's what we're going to be um, audited against and, and reviewed against and if things go wrong that's what's going to be cited um, in a court of law. So um, it's really important that we understand all those basic principles um, relating to public health, health leadership and management, um, as well as all those clinical skills um, to actually deliver optimum care, whether you're working as a frontline clinician or whether you're working um, in a management role or whether you're working in the industry, supporting that from uh, another perspective. We're very practical in this podcast. Our listeners wanted yep. to know how to gain the skill sets, how to get into those opportunities. For a student who's finished a pharmacy degree or they're working in a community pharmacy, what's the best way for them to gain this knowledge, whether it's business, public health, to understanding the big picture? I think one of the things that I have learned later in life is I think it's really important to firstly understand your strengths. Um, and this came about actually through a friend of mine who was doing the MBA. They were 
being trained to be a coach and, and learning how to be a, a, a coach. And one of the things they did with me, which I found really helpful, was there's there's a tool called the Clifton's Strength Finder test. Um, you have to pay for it. I think it's about $35, um, but don't slap me on that. But I found that really helpful to actually identify what were my personal strengths. And it also helped me sort of think about where best should I actually, you know, tailor my career. Like, I think it's important to understand what are your strengths, because that's going to help you um, be really employable if you if you can demonstrate to an employer what your strengths are. Um, at the same time, you need, obviously, you want to do things that are interesting, um, but I'm probably swaying off topic um, talking about interest. But I think, you know, having an understanding of that is a, is a really good first step um, as to, you know, how you're trying to shape your career, um, understanding your strengths, understanding your weaknesses as well is really important. You know, doing the old SWOT analysis, um, I know everybody's heard of it, but it, it actually does really help. Um, and it's something I used to do with my my students uh, when I used to teach pharmacy, actually, was get them to all do a SWOT analysis of themselves. Um, and they used to hate me for it. Um, but hopefully it, it really gave them an opportunity to reflect on what they do really well, what are not things that they do so well, um, and what other opportunities can they have as well as, you know, as threats to those opportunities as well. Um, I think in terms of you as an individual, you need to also, as I know a lot of people hate doing this, but reflecting on where you want to take your career, because that is going to be um, a huge part of this process. You need to understand where you want to go before you can upskill in these particular areas. So I, th I think when I finished university, I um, I, I always describe my career as being serendipitous because I seem to have opportunities that sort of came up and I would say yes to everything. Um, and that's what led me down different pathways. I honestly had no intention in my when I left university to end up as an academic. Um, that, that was <laughs> something that I, I did not have planned. But um, it, it was literally through a series of steps that have has actually ended up uh, and resulted in me taking this particular path. So um, along that way, I was doing things that I was, I guess, using to help me um, find the path that was best for me. Like, obviously, I did um, some high degree. I was tossing up, do I do a high degree in sort of, you know, public health and health leadership and management? So I was really interested in public health. Um, but at the same time, I was tossing up, you know, should I do, you know, some research? And it was honestly some experiences that I had whilst locuming and where I saw some really poor practices that actually shifted me to that research pathway because I wanted to actually do something about it. And I had spoken to one of my mentors and they sort of said, you need to actually build the um, body of evidence before you can actually create the change. So that's what I essentially set out to do was to try and build a body of evidence to actually create the change. Um, and, and since then I sort of fell down that sort of research pathway. It was completely unintended. But um, obviously to become a researcher and, and, and to also be involved with policy, I had to sort of upskill in, in those kinds of areas. You can do, you know, master's programs or shorter programs. Like I, I, obviously I can talk about the UNSW programs since I work here and it is great. Um, so, you know, I'm very happy to talk to people if they want to hear more about it. But I think it's really thinking about where you want to take your career as to what particular things you upskill in. One of the other things that I found really beneficial is joining professional societies um, from an early part of my career to actually 
get that sort of insight into the different aspects. So for example, you know, joining the College of Health Service Management, um, as I sort of started to transition into this area, really helped me understand what were the things that I really need to know or need to understand in this particular role. And as a college, they were really very, they're very supportive. They run webinars pretty much every single week on on different topics and so it really helped me gain an appreciation for the the scope and breadth of a role of a health manager which I, I didn't necessarily fully understand until I started engaging so I, I would strongly recommend people who are trying to think about shifting their career or moving um, into another aspect finding professional bodies or um, even if you if you don't want to join a professional body, think of finding a mentor in that particular space, approach them. And, you know, I've had lots of people approach me for mentoring. Um, I've had even, uh, you know, the other week I had somebody who I went to uni with and did my undergraduate study with come to me and say, you know, I need some mentoring and I need some advice. And, you know, let's, can you help me um, think about how I can, you know, structure my career moving forward? And you know, I'm, I'm I've, I've always been very happy to try and help people as much as I can within my workload. Um, but um, you know, I, I think finding a mentor, there's a lot of people who very generously give their time um, to actually meet with you on a regular basis to talk through you know your particular conundrums and 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 what you want to do um, moving forward. And sometimes it's it's really good to actually have that conversation with someone and have that relationship with someone, sometimes someone you don't know on a personal level because you can you can sometimes open up and they can look at you from an objective perspective and and give you that fairly objective advice without um, knowing you as a person too much. Um, you know it goes both ways. you know sometimes it's really good to have someone who knows you personally and sometimes it's actually really good to have someone who doesn't know you so well personally I still have a range of mentors that I uh, still use uh, and still go to for advice and some of them are more formal um, I guess mentors and, and others are more informal mentors as well so I think from that kind of perspective finding a really good mentor uh, is, is going to be really helpful to your career as well and, and you're going to have lots of different mentors throughout your career so don't necessarily if you if you meet one person and you you don't really gel. Don't worry about that. You, you're going to find lots of different mentors who are going to help um, help you uh, grow as a person, professionally and, and personally as well. Wow, amazing. I can see why so many people come to you, ask you to be their mentor. What I do with the, the people who, who've come to me is I, I, I like to take the approach of helping them make the decision themselves. And I think that's a, that's a really important thing when you're finding a mentor is you need someone who, I guess can help you come to that conclusion yourself rather than necessarily tell you. And I know sometimes um, when we're young and and, and particularly of, of certain generations, you know, you want an answer really, really quickly. And you sometimes can't necessarily get that answer really quickly. You have to actually work through it. You need to reflect on it. And then you need to come back to, you know, your particular decision. Sometimes we do need to make quick decisions. You know, that that's, that's just part of life. But sometimes... You know, when you're trying to make these long-term decisions, it doesn't necessarily work out best if somebody tells you exactly what you should do. I, I find this is just my experience. You know, other other people may have different experiences, but I really like to help people come to their own conclusion. I, I sometimes tell them about my experiences and things and just get them to reflect on, you know, how that might relate to their own particular circumstance. And, you know, I don't know all the answers. So, 
you know, it's it's always good to bringing in other people who um, may have a better idea about something as well. So um, I think if you if you find a really good mentor, they're going to really support you throughout your career wherever you go. So um, that's probably something that I'd recommend. But uh, yeah, this, those are the probably the the three things that I'd probably consider. One probably to sum up, one is is, is probably doing that sort of self-reflection activity um, to identify, you know, what you need to actually, what you want to do and, and where you want to go so that you can identify what areas you need to upskill in, um, but also to to get that appropriate advice and, you know, get involved, join professional societies and, 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 and find someone who can mentor you through that process. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Your Pharmacy Career Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. If you enjoyed this episode and know anyone else who you think would benefit from it, we would be grateful if you could share it with them. Together, we help even more pharmacists develop a career and life they love. If you have any questions or suggestions about future podcast episodes, please reach out to us via email info at ravensrecruitment.com.au.